son of Neptune, Chapter 9, Frank. As he marched to the war games, Frank replayed the day in his mind. He couldn't believe how close he'd come to death. Hi, I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood, the English class that you always wanted. Where we analyze the Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus books through a new theme every week. I struggled to get through saying Frank the second time as well. Because I was just thinking about how I said Frank the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Neve and Ava, how are we doing this week? Great. I'm very comfy. Y'all can't see me, but I am very comfy. Happy for you. (laughs) Thank you. That's all I have to report. I'm very comfy. I'm doing okay. Um, I went to the dentist earlier today, and as I already told these them, um, I <laughs> there's a subway right next door to my dentist, and um, so I got a subway, and then I was like, mm, there's also a Starbucks right down the hill, and so I got Starbucks. So I've, I'm calling it my spoils of war um, because the dentist sometimes feels like war. Um, but I'm good. I'm home. I'm wrapped in a blanket with my Starbucks and my subway and I'm excited to get rolling. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm feeling, felt very productive today. I had an interview for an internship that went well. My car is, is at the, the mechanic getting new tires, um, and an oil change. Because my co-star the other day said, you need an oil change. And they were right. Because then I got in my car and it said 4% total oil change. Wow. And I think it meant like an emotionally, like spiritual oil change. But that was some some freaky co-star telling. Mm. Yeah, that is kind of scary. Oh, right, right, folks. Welcome back to Return to Camp Half-Blood. This week, we will be discussing The Son of Neptune, chapters 9 to 12, through the theme of disappointment. Yes! Yes! <laughs> slay! We've been on such a, like, slay uh, kick these past couple episodes. Yeah, we really have. I like it. It's fun. Yeah. Um, I think Ava, this week, is doing the Somori I believe that as well. <laughs> Are you prepared? It doesn't seem like, like, you know, when people draw straws, like, I think my straw is pretty long this week. Like, just because like it, it it's condensed. It's Frank, you know? <laughs> yeah, I do. All right. Three, two, one, begin. New narrator check. We have Frank now. And um, he basically has this issue with a log where if it, or a stick, but if it, if it burns, um, he'll die. And so, but he can't even think about the word fire. He calls it the F word, which is funny um, because that can't happen. Also, he, um, I don't actually remember what chapter this happens in, but he gets claimed by Ares, which is crazy. And they also have war games. Um, and the, the fifth one, like the one that they're in, like wins, which is crazy because Percy uses his powers and stuff and frank does some cool things too and so does hazel and then also um backstory with his grandmother his mom frank's mom died in the afghanistan like in afghanistan and um 
and war that should have been kind of telling. And um, his grandmother's like kind of harsh, but like emphasizing tradition. <laughs> that was pretty good. Definitely not like chronological, but like, no. but pretty thorough. Yeah. I can't think of anything you missed. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. Oh, Aries or Mars gives them a quest. Oh, yeah. And t- tells them, says, Frank has to go to Alaska. Bring Percy with with you. And he's like, I'm also bringing Hazel because I'm in love with her. Literally. <laughs> Before we get into anything else, we have to bring up the elephant in the room. Besides the actual elephant in the room. I thought you were going to talk about the elephant. <laughs> no, we love Hannibal, the actual elephant in the room. But um, I looked it up. And Frank is 16 and Hazel is 13. I was thinking about that earlier today. I was, again, I don't know why this is a theme for me, but I was just brushing my teeth. And I was thinking about, um, I think people call them phrasal. And I was like thinking. Ooh, I hate that. I I also don't like it. Hank Um, isn't much better. (laughs) No, it's really not. (laughs) Hank is funny though. Um, No, so I was thinking about them and I was like, they have a very sweet dynamic. However, this age difference is disturbing. Only in a sense of like three years when you're like, what? Like 23 and 26 does not matter nearly as much as when you're 13 and 16. Like that's just different levels of development. Yeah. I had some thoughts about it as well. Yeah. But also yeah. is is Hazel... Hazel is from 1941. Right. So is it bad in the reverse way? Is she actually 80? I think if we think about this too hard, our, like, heads will work. (laughs) But it's definitely, like, she died at 13. Underworld years, I don't think, count. And, And so, therefore... I think she's still 13, and I think that 13, 16, that's, what, eighth grade and sophomore in high high school? Yeah. Maybe junior? We'll give him, like, the young end. Like, if if she's on the old end of 13 and he's on the young end of, of 16, then he's a sophomore in in high school, and she's an eighth grader. And, like, I don't know. If they were adults, that would not be a weird age difference. Three years three years is, like, not that bad in, like, adult terms. No. But in, like, middle school to high school age, it's so bad. Yeah. And that is being generous. It could also be, like, seventh grade to 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 junior in high school if we go on the other ends of so it's bad it makes me like not enjoy them their relationship at all because i can't get over it i agree i think it it also would have been such an easy fix if Rick just had been like, 
And Hazel is 15. Literally. Literally. I don't I don't understand why we can't solve our own problems, Mr. Ryordan. Especially because like Rick becomes kind of bad at writing age differences once Percy is aged up. Like he does Percy and his contemporaries really well, like with what their different ages are and like how Percy develops and like Percy, Annabeth and Grover, how, like how they get older. But like, once we get here, everyone has the kind of the same maturity level. Yeah. And like Hazel and Nico are like younger, but they kind of act the same as everyone else. So it makes you forget. And then you're like, Oh yeah, she's 13 and, and he's 16. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, what songs did we pick? I went first last time, so you guys can go. Oh. Oh my god. Got me almost breaking this lamp next to me. Anyways. Um my song is Falling Water by Maggie Rogers. Because, you know, hee hee. Because the water also with the good the themes of it make sense. But also waterfall. Yeah. I love water my- be falling in these <laughs> Mine is so I I whenever there's a nice little battle scene, I like to like pick a song specifically that like orchestrates that. I was like, this is kind of like a quirky little battle scene. Like it's it's like it's intense and fun, but it's kind of quirky because it's like these three underdogs and they're winning and they're really good, but they're also like quirky little, little guys at, at the beginning of this book, <laughs> just some quirky little dudes. Um, <laughs> Frank is a quirky little dude. Uh, I picked private Idaho by the B 52s. Okay. Cause I, know I, it. I, it's, it's a, another new wave, uh, rock song. Um, it's it's fun. Like B fifty two is the like Rock Lobster, um, Love Shack, that band. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Private Idaho is one of their other big songs. It's so it's like this kind of like beachy new wave rock song. I feel like as they're like storming the building, I think that's like a fun. Like it like f- has enough intensity to feel like a fight scene, but it's also like this is like a game, you know. And they're but they're winning. They're the underdogs winning. And I I thought it was great. And also the themes kind of like feel like frank to me. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, well, I kind of went a wildly different route. Um, I chose Bad Reputation by Joan Jett, um, because it just gives everything that needed to be given for these chapters. Um, it gives battle, it gives Aries not giving a fuck or Mars apologies. Um, it gives the people who are quote unquote outcasts, not caring about being outcasts. Like it's just, it felt It gives Percy's rebellious streak um, and mouthing off on Mars, which was like respect, but also like, God damn, like, you know, what you're doing right. But also he doesn't cause he doesn't have memory, but um yeah, so it just felt right. <laughs> I love it. 
it's it, it kind of gives similar vibes to, to my song. I love that better reputation, Joan Jet. I love Joan Jet. Fun fact for all the listeners, I was here for Halloween in fifth grade. Really? And now I'm by. <laughs> it's the pipeline. <laughs> yeah. What like I just like picture a fifth grader, just like, who are you? Oh, I'm Joan Jet. Yeah, that I, is insane. I was a weird kid. Like, I was a like that's that's what I was. Yeah. No, I had like this and like now you're a weird adult. I mean, are we all? We were on a Percy Jackson. <laughs> you are right. But no, yeah, I had like this red jacket um, and like this like inflatable guitar. It's actually kind of sick. I want to see if I can find a picture. If if you find a picture, send it to me, and then we can post it on yeah. the, the Instagram. I'm gonna look now. I love it. All right, what were our favorite moments from this chapter? These chapters. I'm trying to like, what do I talk about first? I know they're they're pretty packed. They are not complicated, but like packed. Um, I understand because it was a narrator switch. Actually, no, I didn't hate this. I, I didn't get like this anger, but like I remember reading and being like, "All right, it's time to go to the war game," and then it was like. Chap- two chapters of Frank backstory that like are very important, but I did think they were like weirdly placed. But the backstory was imp- compelling enough that like you forgot about it pretty quick. Yeah, because I agree. Frank's backstory is so strange and sad, like it's... so strange and sad. Why so sad? <laughs> it's like okay, he lives with his grandmother and his mom. His mom goes off to war and dies, and his grandmother sent him away but i think that scene i really like the scene where he's talking to his grandmother because i thought that was pretty beautifully written at the end of it when it's like and then i realized i saw that she was holding back tears i was like oh i was like that's so emotional what a good scene when they, they in the tv show like a good acting scene definitely I mean, also the war games themselves were were fun. They were a good time. But also, I, wait, here you go. I found a picture of me in this Halloween costume, and you will not believe what person in costume I'm standing next to. So it's Joan Jett standing next to Percy Jackson. I swear <laughs> to God, this boy's wearing a camp half shirt. <laughs> I'm going to send you guys the photo right now. That's so funny. I was Percy Jackson for one Halloween. This is fair. But like... That makes sense. But I was like, I'm not wearing a Camp Halfla t-shirt. That is too basic. You would. You, so you I, would. I like was like, I'm going to wear his costume from Capture the Flag in the movie. That's smart. And now you're a theater major, so... Yeah. So it was like it was like long blue shirt and jeans and like armor and then I had to look riptide. I was like, I'm not basic. I like I can't just wear an orange t-shirt. I'm better than that. Yeah. I really like the war games. Me too. I was confused though why 
I mean, I, I get the, like, he wanted to capture the flag reference, but they were like, yeah, we don't always do this. It's sometimes different. And they list off all these different, like, training activities they do. But, but Rick still wrote a capture the flag game. Yep. I, I get part of it's nice because we haven't had capture the flag since Titan's curse. Um, I didn't think about that. Right? Like the game with the hunters, I think was the last capture the flag. Yeah. So it was nice to have it, but, but we, I guess Percy got to say the, I was like, I think I really like capture the flag. That was actually really cringy. Yes, it was. I think I like this. Yeah. I was like, what? Ooh. I was like, ooh. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick little break and then we'll be right back to talk about the theme of disappointment. All righty. look hilarious in this photo. I'm sorry. This is like the funniest photo ever. The bang. I know. <gasps> I just noticed. No, and there's a crazy story attached to it too. The guy who was Percy Jackson, we were like pretty good friends. I mean, I had a grade of it was like 20 people, so we were all like good friends. Um, and also it was elementary school, so politics had not happened yet. And um one I, I don't remember what we were doing, but we were all standing in like one room, it was like an auditorium, and he rips off my wig. Like, rips it off. Little does he know what it takes to... You're wearing another wig underneath it. (laughs) (laughs) What if I... What if it was rose petals? Like, what if I Sasha Valoid that bitch? No. (laughs) Um, No, they were, like, bobby pins, like, holding it. And so it hurt. And so naturally, I was like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. (laughs) Like, ran to the bathroom and was like, ow. (laughs) Um, And then he apologized profusely, but I was like, geez, Percy Jackson ripped off my... (laughs) It was just it was one experience that Halloween was. But yeah, no, it's a it's a pretty good picture, I'm not gonna lie. All right. Disappointment. Ooh, heavy switch. Where did we see disappointment in these chapters? A lot of places. <laughs> is the answer. Um, A lot of places. I'm just trying to think of where to start. I don't want to start with the obvious one. So I'm trying to think of... I mean, let's just do it. Okay. Frank is so disappointed that his dad is Mars. It's actually crazy. And it was honestly kind of unexpected... I know he really wanted Apollo, but, like, he was crushed. And it's, like, you finally did get claimed. And, like, it's not exactly, I guess, I don't know. I guess we haven't learned, like, how Mars is interpreted at this camp. So I feel like if you if Ares claimed you at Camp Hothblood, you'd be, like, sick. But, like, we don't know, like, how that, at this point in the book, we don't know how that, like, works within the camp. But I guess I guess our friend just really, really wanted Apollo. I mean, they've they've said earlier than that than this that like like Mars is their second biggest god. Yeah. And so like I feel like it should be an honor to most people, 
but it's like Frank is wrapped up in all these like masculinity themes of like what does it mean to to be a man or which are kind of I don't know if they're end up being hand, like dealt with enough in these books. I feel like they introduce it in this book and then they like don't develop it in the the next books. Um, so it's interesting that there's like this weird like tension between like him being an archer is not like manly enough, but like being the son of Mars is too manly for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. And I don't think explored thoroughly enough, but it's an interesting theme to bring up. Um, yeah. It's interesting that he's so disappointed because he really expected his dad to be Apollo. But I had a thought and I lost it. <laughs> okay. I think it also might have something to do with like the fact that his entire life has been tainted by war. Um, like his mother was yeah. stolen essentially by war. Um, and like, that was the explanation that his grandmother gave about his father as well before he like knew. Um, so I feel like maybe his biggest fear is kind of like perpetuating that thing that he has seen cause the most harm. Um, and like, like this is almost like saying that that's inevitable, but at the same time, like, I understand that, but also I think my toxic trait is I love Aries. I think he's sick. And I think like being a kid of Mars wouldn't necessarily mean you would need to perpetuate violence. I think it would mean that you have more, I think it could theoretically mean that. I think you could also interpret it as. I have more power to stop it and to make it less brutal, more strategic. Yeah. I think, I think that's what Rick is trying to explore in including a a son of Mars, a son of Aries in the seven, because like the only other Aries kid we know is Clarice and Clarice very much like, exemplifies what Aries is. Like, she is very, like, pro-war. We love Clarice, but she, like, she exemplifies both the good and the bad in in Aries a lot. And I think, and Aries and his kids were kind of a minor antagonist throughout the Percy Jackson series. And so I think we kind of have this, like, exploring what else could that mean in this book and I can describe that intention feels nice and interesting if it was explored more. I think the big thing is like Frank kind of gets abandoned by, by Rick. Like there are a couple characters that just don't get explored when you introduce seven main characters. Um, and I think unfortunately Frank falls by the wayside. And I think these, inter- these themes that could have been interesting kind of feel shallow because they're not fully explored that like they're less interesting because they're they don't have weight Mm -hmm. what what this feels like to me 
is it feels very cursed child of Rick to be like, well, what if what if Harry Potter's son was in Slytherin and Slytherin wasn't really bad? Okay. It's like, it's just like, it feels like some weird course correction that doesn't actually pay off. It like, Rick gets to have his, his, uh, like character who's like fully good son of Mars and then not exploring what that means and what the tension between the, the things that Mars and Aries represent versus what he chooses them to represent, which I think is similar to what he does with Piper. But I think he explores it with Piper a lot more thoroughly. I can see that. Obviously, I don't know things. <laughs> but from what I've gathered so far, um, Piper is, even the way she's written, um, gives her an air of prominence. Like, you can tell that she is important and that she is given the amount of attention that she deserves. Well, almost. Um, one could argue that she should have, you know, been the main focus in the last hero. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you can just tell that she is prominent and frank doesn't have doesn't seem to be written with the same care and like every time i criticize rick's writing from like a writing standpoint i feel like a pretentious idiot but like that's just the impression that i get as a reader right so like i don't know very open to interpretation but that's just my my feeling yeah definitely i think i think in this reread we will like see how how this plot develops more because I granted it's been a while since I've I've read these so I'm open to to interesting and deep conversation about these ideas I just don't think that they happen that much beyond this book I think they we dip our toe in if this book and then um less after <laughs> Because Frank's plot becomes more about his log. All right. Where else do we see disappointment? What Frank thinks he is to everyone else. Going back to the sad theme of everything in Frank's backstory. Yeah. Yeah. Very sad. It's yeah, he's always second guessing himself and it's very sad and Frank is not a disappointment to others but he really thinks he is. I know. Because now like this is the not only is he disappointed that Mars is his dad is that now he's like now I'm going to disappoint Mars because not, I'm not going to be the son that he wants me to be. But I do think in these four chapters, we do get a nice little arc for him in this, like, in his, like, self-deprecation because we, like, introduce his self-deprecation a lot here and, like, through through the Percy and Hazel, Hazel perspectives, um, we get a little bit of that. And then this these chapters end with him winning. 
And so I, th- I think it both, it increases the tension of his self-deprecation where like, it's so clear to the audience that he is useful. And it also like gives him a little win that he like, like he says like this, I mean, before Aerie shows up, he's like, it would have been one of the best days of my life before Aerie showed up. Yeah. Everyone needs to win sometimes. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting because I think a lot of demigods, especially in Camp Jupiter with the cutthroat culture, um, I think that a lot of them operate on disappointment. Like they react to it as a significant part of their lives and like what drives them to function certain ways. Um, But I feel like they're kind of like split reactions. Like there's kind of one half of people who kind of give up and hermit themselves and just try to scrape by um, like Frank in a sense. And then there are people like Raina who um, kind of use it to her advantage and try to beat that concept down by trying to do the best she possibly can help the most people um, get everybody in line, have a lot of power um, to kind of cast off the idea that she or anyone else that she has some kind of, legislative power over could be disappointing in any way. Um, so it's just interesting how it manifests in each of the characters that we see. Cause I think it, they're kind of like the two categories, at least from what I've observed, but they're always unique, you know, given everyone's personality. Um, yeah. I think there's a third category. Hmm. And I think it's exemplified by Octavian. And I think it's Ooh. overcompensation. I agree. Uh, due to, like, self-disappointment. Because I don't think that Octavian sees himself as that much better than everyone else, like, actually. No, I agree. Because I, 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 I don't believe that anyone that has pure narcissism that doesn't come from self-deprecate. I feel like narcissism is often just a product of, of self-deprecation. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what it feels like with Octavian, like, so clearly, like, he is overcompensating for something. And I think it's overcompensating for the fact that he's not really a good auger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or that if, there are people younger than him doing a better job. Yeah. And he's, like, he's so clearly, like, trying to get power because he feels like the power will make him whole. Which is, like, sad. He's an awful person. But it's, like, sad that people become that. Yeah. Also, the Legion is a disappointment. Because they lost their eagle. Their ho- yeah. The Legion and the, and the, specifically the fifth cohort they're a disappointment to the the gods and the legion and every aspect of Roman culture because they talk about, I don't remember if it was in Frank's chapters or, the, or in uh, Hazel's chapters before, that um, no uh, other legion lost their eagle they all dis like no one's ever uncovered them because they've all disappeared to time because they vowed to take them to their graves. 
Yeah. And they lost it. You had one job. Yeah. And it was Frank Frank's great grandfather who lost it. So Frank is a generational disappointment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Poor Frank. Well, we don't we don't know that's what Frank's grandfather did yet for right yeah, now. They say it. No, they don't. Well, they oh, it's heavily implied. It's like not though. We have no idea what he did. Well, yeah, they they say it in what he goes back and he's like talks about like, oh, my great grandfather's disgrace. And we know when the eagle was lost. Right, and it's okay. We just gotta be careful about what we say. That was not implied at all. I'm putting the puzzle together now. <laughs> and you know what? It fits. <laughs> it's as hard. I feel like that was I feel like it's heavily implied. It's okay. We each get a slip up. All right, sass moments. One slip up. All right, sass moments. I took a picture of mine. I was reading last night and I was like, this has to be my sass moment. Um, <clears throat> okay. Because I related to it so heavily. Okay. Um, I think it was in chapter nine, actually. Um, Percy stared at him. I didn't know that. It was called Byzantium. Frank liked saying that word. It sounded cool. <laughs> I was like, never have I ever as a history student related to anything more. <laughs> the brutal honesty. I love it. I'm trying to find mine. I know vaguely where it is. I'm also trying to find mine. Ah. Oh, I found it. Um, And soon you will be going too. Frank's stomach fluttered. Going where? I am old, grandmother said, as if that were a surprising announcement. (laughs) It's a serious moment. Brutal. Roast brisket. Serious and emotional time. Ooh, she's old. I was like, Frank, (laughs) your legs at stake. Uh, My moment is like pretty much the entire interaction between Mars and Octavian. Uh, But specifically, I'm going to read this part. Um, There, Mars finished writing and through the scroll roll back at Octavian. Oh my god. A prophecy. You can add to your books and grow it on your floor, whatever. Octavian read the scroll. This says, go to Alaska. Find Thanatos and free him. Come back by sundown on June 24th or die. Yes, Mars said. Is that not clear? Well, my lord, usually prophecies are unclear. They're wrapped in riddles. They rhyme. Mars casually popped another grenade off his belt. Yes, the prophecy is clear. Octavian announced a quest. <laughs> that was a good reading. Thank you. It was. I thought that was very funny. He was like, he really pushed his luck pretty far. And I would, would respect it from anyone else. I know. I was going to say, he reminds me of like, like Hermione, but like bad, you know, like, like, um, um, sir, actually it, the prophecy is not supposed to be like for Hermione. Like, sure. You're probably right for Octavian. Shut the fuck up. Like, I don't want to hear you speak. 
All right. What are our offerings for this week? I'm I'm gonna give mine to Frank's grandmother. Damn it, I was gonna she's kinda mean, but she's old, so old people get to be mean. And also she loses her entire family. Bless yeah. you. Also true. But that's Bless mine. <laughs> Neve, do you have yours? I was gonna do experiment. So now I'll just give it to Frank. Okay. Yeah. I think it needs no explanation. Yeah. Um I'm gonna quickly check something to make sure that I'm not um not missing anything. Oh no, I'm giving mine to Gwen. Oh yeah. She literally fucking died and then didn't. Like, this girl, oh my god, no, I actually got so upset when she died because, like, something they'd said in their description of her, they were like, everybody liked her, even though she was in Legion 5, or whatever, Cohort 5, she was so kind and optimistic and, like, tried to make, it was like, oh my god, like, sweetie, like, I love her. Um, And then they were like, "Mm, plot twist, she's fucking dead. And I was like, are you actually kidding me? Like, one of the only minor characters that I've grown to care about in these like hundred something pages and then she got brought back to life but that's a lot of pain so for her yeah all right who are we voting off i mean we don't know if he did this or not and I honestly can't remember if it's answered. But it is, Frank deduces that Octavian's the one who stabbed Gwen. And honestly, a hunch is enough. Agreed. Yeah. Because I honestly don't remember if we ever get an answer to who actually stabbed her. I don't remember either. But I, I don't care. I the stick. What? I vote off the stick. The stick? That stabbed her? Or the stick no. of wood? Oh, the, the log. Frank's the log. log. Frank's log. It's not, not called a log in this, though. It's always called a stick. Frank's stick. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, God, I had one. Oh, Rick. Um, (laughs) This book has been really good. Like, I'm very, very into this one, actually. More than I've been into... I don't know. It's It might be rivaling Titan's Curse for me. (gasps) Whoa. I know. I really like this one. Um, But he did make these, like, weird offhand comments about OCD that made me uncomfortable. Um... I forget who he called quote unquote OCD, but I was like, oh, that's not an adjective. Um, oh, I, oh, um, um, what's his name? The God of Boundaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It starts with a T. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's not. Um, so I'm voting him off, even though this book has been lovely. What's his name? I can try to pronounce. Rapidly check. 
Roman god of boundaries. <laughs> Terminus. Mm. Like a terminal. Yeah, that makes sense. Like terminal. Alrighty, folks, that is all for this week. Join us next week where we'll be discussing chapters 13 through 16 through the theme of champion. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media accounts. We are at Return to Camp on every platform that matters. And we also have a coffee account and a Redbubble store and a website, www.returntocamp.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.